Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study together the book of Ezra, chapter 7. We just read in chapter 6 of the grand celebration and wonderful rejoicing that occurred when the second temple was finally built after many years of, um, of delays and um, that was caused by a resistance of the uh, people that were in the land when the Judeans returned. Uh, people were constantly trying to uh, hamper the progress and stall the progress and stop the building. The people finally persisted and during the reign of King Darius, they were successful with the support of King Darius. That's an important point that it was only through the support of the king that they were able to build the temple finally. And that was in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Now, if you remember, we said this before, after King Darius uh, was gone, he was replaced by King Xerxes, which uh, I have been consistently identifying as the famous Ahasuerus of Book of Esther fame. And also Book of Ezra fame. We mentioned Ahasuerus and Ezra. Ahasuerus um, was not very supportive of the uh, temple building. But then Ahasuerus was succeeded by Artachshasta. If you recall several chapters ago, um, the Book of Ezra um, uh, related an occurrence that happened in the time of Artachshasta when the people complained because of the... Um, uh, re complain regarding the building of Jerusalem. Um, however, uh, and, and in there, Artachshasta's response was not so supportive, and that was a little bit uh, uh, before we explained that we, the, because it was chronicling there the various objections and the obstacles that occurred to the building, it went ahead in history and gave us a preview of some other obstacles and objections that were to occur later on. And then it, the, then the, 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 uh, the psukim went back to discuss what happened uh, in the past in more chronological order. But now, now that we've moved ahead, we've completed what uh, was accomplished during the days of Darius. Now we're continuing to move ahead. After these things occurred, in a late, the time of a later king, that's two kings later, after Ahasuerus and then Artachshasta, the king of Persia, Ezra ben Siroya, then arrived on the scene, a man, a very important man, the one after whom this book is named, Ezra, a man named Ezra, who was the son of Siroya ben Azariah ben Chilkiah, the son of Azariah, the son of Chilkiah, ben Shalom ben Tzadok ben Achito, the son of Shalom, the son of Tzadok. Now remember, Tzadok is a Kohen, is one of the priests. Tzadok was a high priest, a very prominent one, he was known as a faithful high priest, from whom we've had uh, several times in the prophets mentioned as one of the righteous, one of the one of the most uh, important righteous uh, high priests, and it was his descendants that were chosen as the ones uh, to um, be high priests because they were faithful to God. Ben Achitov, the son of Achitov, Ben Amaria, Ben Azaria, another Azaria. This is the third person in this family line with the name sounding a lot like Ezra. Ben um, Mirayot, Ben Zerachia, Ben Uzi, Ben Buki, Ben Avishua. So there's a whole bunch of generations. 
of, of, of priests, of Kohanim, Ben Pinchas, the son of the famous Pinchas, Ben Elazar, who was the son of Elazar, Ben Aaron, the son of Aaron, HaKohen, Harosh, the first original Kohen. So uh, this is the lineage of Ezra, uh, the direct lineage, his descendant from, 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 the, from the first high priest, which of course was Aaron, uh, the brother of Moshe, the brother of Moses. Who, this is Ezra Alami Babel. This is the Ezra who came up from Babylon. So now Ezra is coming from Babylon years after the first returnees. So the first returnees, remember, came during the reign of King Cyrus. It was about 20 years. They, they established the um, altar. Uh, it took about 20 years for them to finally start building the Beis Hamikdash during the second year of the reign of Darius, which took another bunch of years until it was completed during the sixth year of the reign of Darius. And then there was seven more years of Darius's reign, then the reign of Ahasuerus, then the reign of Atarshasta, and then Ezra came from Babylon. Ezra led, as we'll see in a moment, groups of people coming, groups of returnees from Babylon. So a lot of Jews, of course, remained in Babylon. In fact, the bulk of the Jewish people, the majority, remained in, and when we say Babylon, uh, they also remained throughout the Persian Empire and beyond. They were not among the returnees, so they're already here. Is it has developed a community of those that are in the land of Israel that have returned. They have now been there for several generations and now have a temple. Um, and then there's returnees, and so Ezra is leading a group of returnees. And now the pasuk, the verse describes Ezra in a very interesting way. Vuhu, and he is a sofer mahir. An expert scribe, Betoras Moshe, in the subject of the Torah of Moshe, of Moses. Which Torah, Sher Nosan Adonai Yisrael, that, that Torah which was given by God, the Lord, the God of Israel. Ba'iten lo ha-melech, and the king gave to Ezra, Kiyar Adonai Elohav Alav, at, um, uh, as, just as God has been, um, um, generous with him, in other words, to the king, the king had given to Ezra, kol so everything that Ezra had asked. So apparently it's clear that Ezra led a, a lot of people back to the land of Israel to, to join their brethren that already were present in Israel, that already had reestablished the temple, and that Ezra had gone to the king and asked for support for his mission to bring a large group of Jews back. Ezra being described as an expert scribe here doesn't just mean scribe, meaning he was skilled in the art of writing, which he certainly was. But the point here is, is that he was an excellent scholar in the Torah of Moshe. And we're going to see that emphasized as we continue to read this chapter. Suddenly, the verses are doing something new, the, the, um, something new that hasn't yet been done except for possibly with the exception of Moshe, of Moses himself, that someone is being described as a scholar in Torah. He's not being described by his prophetic abilities and his, and his um, relationship to God in the sense of being a prophet, which is how almost every other leader and teacher of Torah to the Jewish people has been described until this point. We now have a new phenomenon 
we have a leader who's being described based on his scholarship. He's praised based on his knowledge of the Torah. We have reached the point of the end of prophecy and the beginning of something new. Now, knowledge of God and understanding God's will and the interpretation of God's will and teaching what God wants comes from the Torah, which literally means teaching the Torah, which was received from Moshe, from Moses. And this is what Ezra had. Ezra was a scholar who was able to teach the Torah of Moshe. This is a completely new world. This is an extremely important development in the history of the Jewish people. The shift from prophecy to rabbinic leadership to scholarship has just occurred right in front of our eyes in this verse. Don't, uh, we can't underestimate the importance and significance in the history of the development of Judaism that we just read in that verse, verse 6. Now, let's go back and describe this um, Aliyah of Ezra, the, 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 the groups that Ezra led from Babylon, Vayalumi Bnei Yisrael, and of the people of Israel, there came up to the land of Israel, Umenakwanim, and of the priests, Vihalavim, and the Levites, Vihamishorim, and the singers, Vihashorim, and the gatekeepers, Vihanasinim, and the Netinim, those that were um, laborers that helped build uh, the... Um, Beit HaMikdash, those that descended from the Givonim back from the time of Yoshua, those that were set, uh, whose families were designated as uh, suppliers of wood and water and supplies to the Beit HaMikdash, of those groups of Jews, all of them came up with Ezra Bishnat Sheva during the seventh year of the reign of the Artach Shasta of Artaxerxes. I, I, I don't know if I translated it this time, but Artach Shasta is who is known um, to history as King Artaxerxes um, of Persia, Hamelech. Vayavor Yushalayim, and he arrived in Jerusalem, Bachodesh Achamishi, in the fifth month, which is the month of Av, Hishnat Hashviet Lamelech, which was during the seventh year of the reign of the king. Kiveachad Lachodesh Arishon, because on the first day of the first month, so this will be the first day of Nisan, who Yesud HaMa'aleh MiBavel was the day that the um, um, uh, uh, of that of the beginning of the start of the Aliyah from Babylon. So it began on the first day of Nisan, and then the um, trip took four months. Uh, moving this large group of people over four months, on the first day of the fifth month, they arrived in Jerusalem, as just as God's uh, generous hand was good to him and, and had made his journey be successful. And why was God good to Ezra? Why was God good to Ezra that he allowed his, this journey to be successful? The journey of many, and we're going to see soon that Ezra was truly had reason to be scared on this journey, but God was with him. Why? Because Ki Ezra hechin levavo, Ezra prepared his heart. Ezra was hechin levavo, prepared his heart. He made himself righteous. He was good in front of God, so he deserved God's favor. Lidrosh, and in how did he do that? Lidrosh et Torat Adonai asot. 
This is key. This is the this verse. Therein lies the basis of rabbinic Judaism. This is when we find throughout the Talmud a reference to limud almanats lasos. We learn in order to do, and that how do you how does that um, um, manifest itself in lilamed when one learns in order to teach. That is Torah Lishma, the idea, the concept of Torah for its own sake means learning in order to do. The origin, the place where the rabbis got that from was here, which was the original, the first rabbi, so to speak, which was Ezra, because it says here, Lidrosh, how does Ezra prepare his heart to search out the Torah Adonai, in other words, to search the Torah and find what it teaches, Vila Asot, and to do it, Ulilamed, and then to teach others. Be Israel and the Jewish people to teach them Chokomishpat, to teach them what the laws are. That is key. Just to search out what God wants, Lidroshet Torah Hashem, that's not enough. It has to be Vilasot in order to do it. Just Lidrosh Vilasot is also not enough. It has to be Lila made. It has to be to teach. This is what we just studied in Ezra 7 10. Vizet Pachegan. So Ezra was therefore, uh, uh, was therefore given that grace from God and that protection so that he arrived safely with all of the people that came with him. Now, the following is the text of the letter. I, I didn't point out here that the, the, at least the, the first 10 verses of this chapter, we flipped back to Hebrew. We've spent several chapters now in Aramaic. We just flipped back to Hebrew. Uh, we're going to go back to Aramaic again. As we know, at this time period, during this time period, the, the lingua franca, so to speak, of the Persian Empire was Aramaic. We know by the time of Artaxerxes, we find archaeologically that by this point, um, it had already started a while before, but by this point, the, the official language of the Persian Empire had already become Aramaic, and that also became the language with which the people um, spoke to, uh, the Jewish people start, began to speak amongst themselves, had already become the language of Aramaic rather than the language of Hebrew by this time. So this is the text of the letter, Asher Notan HaSofer, that which the king Artaxerxes gave and wrote to in support of Ezra the priest and the scribe here we are calling the sofer is synonymous with scholar Ezra who was both a priest and a scholar who was a sofer who, what was he a scholar in divrei in the words of mitzvot Adonai the commands of God v'chukav and his laws al Yisrael regarding the people of Israel and this was the text of the letter <coughs> quote artachshasta melech malchaya Artaxerxes, the king of all kings, meaning uh, we sometimes use the term Melech Malchaya, Lahavdil, in reference to God. Here, Artaxerxes is referring himself king of kings, although he may have had some godly pretensions. Uh, but, but the point here is not that he thought it was declaring himself a god, but Melech Malchaya here means simply the most powerful of all the kings, the king who, to whom other kings are subservient to. And he was at the time, the most powerful of all the kings. Now, um, uh, uh, just a little side note in history, during the reign of Artaxerxes was 
was the time of the uh, where the Greco-Persian wars were starting to cook and get really hot, where um, the the uh, wars between Artaxerxes' empire and the uh, and the and the provinces in Greece were becoming more and more. Um, rebellious against the Persians and the Greeks eventually won won um, won their independence and beat the Persians uh, which beat back the Persian Empire which in retrospect we know was the beginning of the end of the Persian Empire as once Greek became independent uh, a some someone from one of the Greek provinces the famous one of Macedonia a famous person named Alexander uh, little, about a little less than a hundred years later arose and eventually subdued and took down the entire Persian Empire and it basically faded from power. At this point the Persian Empire was still mighty and powerful but fighting off the Greeks. I'm just giving you a little sense for what was going on in the rest of the world. But one of those ways, and this is really important to understand what's happening here, one of the strategies that the Persians had, and this explains the um, the thought process, what was the motivation of Artaxerxes in supporting the building of the temple? Well, because he was looking for help from wherever he can get it. If he can build a loyal group of subjects that's going to worship this or that god, whatever, the, you know, and that god might give us a little more power and help, so be it. He loved to do that. So he wanted to support this Jewish temple. He clearly did not view this ragtag bunch of people that were really gathered around and scattered from his kingdom as a potential threat to his kingdom. And he viewed it as possibly another source of strength. If they worship this great God, who knows? And, and we'll see, and as we've seen until now, how the Jews em how, how emphasized and, and others emphasized that once upon a time they were a powerful king. There, maybe there is something to this temple, to this God. So our Tachshast HaMelech Machaya Le'ezra Ka'ana to Ezra the, the priest Sofar who is a scribe Dasa in the laws the Elodishmaya of the God of Heaven Gemir Ucha Enes um, and so on and so forth with all of the various titles that Artaxerxes bestowed upon Ezra it doesn't the text here doesn't bother quoting all of the all of the um, extraneous niceties and titles with which the letter was started. But here goes his his declaration. Mini simtame from I come the following comes the following command. Anyone within my kingdom who has, is generous of heart and 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 desires to v'chanoi from the from the Israelite people or the priestly people among them or the Levites of Levi the Levites among them who so desires to travel to Jerusalem imach yahach may go along with you don't worry you're allowed to get up and go go ahead to Jerusalem kol kavel di min kadam malka because you have been uh, given permission from the king himself v'shivat yo'atohi shaliach and the king's seven advisors, the king's council of seven, you have been sent to visit and travel to uh, Judea and to Jerusalem. With, according to the law of your God, which you know in your hand. It seems apparent that Ezra had, prob it sounds like he had told the king and some sort of audience he had told the king, 
um, that his God and his Torah and his understanding of what his God wanted commands them and, and, and to travel to Jerusalem to fulfill the mitzvah of Aliyah La'aretz to, to fulfill the special commandment of moving and traveling to the land of Israel and therefore the king responded by saying as your God commanded you can go and 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 you can bring with you gold and silver and you can bring the gold and silver which the king himself and the king's advisors donated to the God of Israel the God whose resting place is in Jerusalem. The king therefore is stating that they have donated a significant sum of government funds to this endeavor. And any other gold and silver that you find in the entire um, uh, country and the entire uh, province of Babylon how would you find it? Through the um, generosity of the nation, the people of Israel themselves, and the priests, Misnadvin, they can also um, donate to the house of their God who resides in Jerusalem. Clearly, there were many of those that stayed in Babylon but donated to Ezra, donated money for him to bring to Jerusalem in order that he could bring it to the temple. Whoever uh, I'm sorry, Kol Kavel Dana. When as as uh, as you get this, meaning uh, you therefore uh, you therefore can right Asparna Tikne Bchaspadana. You can uh, quickly and immediately, or with diligence, purchase with this money Torin Dichrin Imrin Uminchasam Vinuskeon. All of the oxen, uh, rams, and sheep, and and uh, and meal offerings and uh, libation offerings, wine. You can buy all of the supplies that you're going to need to bring to the temple in order to worship your God, so that you can bring them on the Mizbeach, on the altar, which is located in the house of your God, which is in Jerusalem. And whatever you decide you should do with the leftovers after you purchase all of those sacrifices, whatever you decide to do with the leftovers, you should do as you interpret the desire of your God. That is how you can do it. In other words, you have you Ezra have permission to decide what to do with the leftover funds. Even though many of these funds came from the government themselves, the king is giving Ezra permission to spend as he sees fit. <laughs> And the vessels which have been given to you, the Fochon Beisalach, that are to be used in the service of the house of your God, Hashlem Kadam Allah Yushlem, you should um, you should give them to and place them before the God in Jerusalem, before your God or or Kadam Allah Yushlem, the God who resides in Jerusalem, Ushar Chashchus Beisalach. And anything else that is required by the temple of your God, the Pelach Limintan, that um, if you 
can't if let's say you can't afford it or you don't find it and you get there and you see that it needs something that you didn't buy with the money because you didn't know that it was missing you can use you have a, a blank check to draw on the king's treasury to purchase those things umini anar malka simtem i for uh, artaxerxes uh, the king it's from me. I make the following decree to, to all of the treasurers, to all of those that run the funds, the local r- people that spend uh, the money coming from the, the empire in the uh, region across the Euphrates, which refers to the entire region that includes Judea as one of the small provinces. The region would include Judea, Israel, what's today Syria and Lebanon and Jordan, etc., that anything that Ezra, the priest, asks you, the one who knows the laws of the God of heaven, you should do as he requests right away. Until up to the amount, there is a limit of 100 kikrin or talents of silver, Korin Ma'a, and um, uh, to the amount of 100 kor, which is a, a large measurement of wheat, v'yad chamar batin ma'a, and 100 um, uh, uh, batin, which is a measurement, a large measurement of wine, v'yad batin meshach ma'a, and batin is another measurement, uh, 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 100 batin of oil, and salt, as without, I'm not going to write an amount, as ever much as they need. Whatever it is that the God of heaven wants, meaning as interpreted by Ezra, must be carried out and done immediately in order for the, the, for the house of the God of heaven. Here's the clincher here. Here's the key. Why am I doing all this? Why should there be anger against the king and his family. So in other words, I want you to do this because I'm concerned about the royal family. In other words, this is why I am supporting, which is what we mentioned earlier, and I want to emphasize that point, that Artach Shasta was actually, and we know this historically, was actually supporting um, the temple because he felt that this is a potential source of strength for him in his efforts, most likely in his efforts against other kings. He was then struggling against the empire of Egypt. He was struggling against the Greeks. Um, and he wanted as much help as he can get. So he supported the rebuilding of the temple in order to get help from the God, which in his mind was the God who resides in Jerusalem and the temple over there. Ulechom Mahodin. Um, and we are also going to put this out there. Uh, we're going to notify you that all of the priests and the Levites and the singers and everyone and the, uh, uh, um, uh, and those that, that work and, and, and serve the temple, that work and serve the, this, this, the, this temple of God, uh, it, is no, it is not allowed to um, anyone to um, 
rule over them by taxing them. So this is the uh, uh, idea that those involved in the temple work are not to be taxed. Viant Ezra, and you Ezra, as the wisdom of God, just like the wisdom of God is with you, many shoftin you can appoint judges vidayanin uh, and and um, uh, different kind of judges, magistrates dila hevon dainin lochalama that they can go ahead and judge the entire nation divarnara, the entire nation that lives in that region across the river uh, um, uh, you can appoint anyone who knows the laws of your God, and those that do not know, you should teach them. So here you have our Tachshasta giving Ezra the power to teach and enforce the Torah, um, to enforce the laws of the Torah. This is interesting because this is a, a precedent, which th- there's no precedent for this, but it became a precedent for pretty much the rest of history where in, until arguably 1948 when the modern state of Israel was established the whatever power there ever was in any rabbinic court it derived from from the the nation where that court was present it only has the power that it has because of the gentile ruler the gentile government depending on the time of history that gives it that power to rule to teach and so on so in other words this is not independence but this is a non-jewish king who's giving the power to ezra a jewish scholar to teach and to even enforce the rules of the torah among the people among the jewish people and whoever decides to disobey you and not keep the rules of God, and it disobeys and does not keep the rules that I just laid down of the king, um, immediately right away, his, he should have justice taken against him, whether it is uh, a, ju- a judgment of death, whether it is some other uh, punishment, some other physical punishment, whether it is a fine or a levy, or, or to be imprisoned in a jail. This was the, the letter that the king wrote, giving Ezra the authority, um, and, 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 and once again, telling Ezra, bring Torah back to the people of Jerusalem, bring the Torah that you're expert in, teach it, and enforce it among the people by the power of the king and the reason why he's doing this he explained Ezra then in verse the next two verses are going to end this chapter and the next two verses are the words of Ezra himself and Ezra himself um, uh, is is known to the rabbis as as one of those who who's who established many of the of, of, of the practices of Torah teaching that continue in our people till today, such as the practice of reading the Torah in public on Mondays and Thursdays and on Shabbat and so on, uh, the practice of teaching Torah to the public, <coughs> Ezra is credited with those ideas. But also, in the next verses, we're going to hear hints of what we now know as the texts of our prayer. And listen carefully to the next four words. Baruch Adonai Elohei Avoseinu. Blessed is God, the God of our forefathers. 
What does that remind you of? Anyone who is familiar with the standard text of Jewish prayer is familiar with the Amidah. Um, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Avoseinu. Right? Our God and the God of our forefathers. Those words, that, 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 that structure comes directly from the prayer of Ezra that he says here. He blesses God that he placed such uh, such ideas such beautiful ideas in the heart of the king the idea to go <coughs> and glorify the house of God which rests in Jerusalem and upon me and here's Ezra immediately giving credit to God even though it was clearly through his own efforts that he did this but Ezra doesn't take credit himself he gives that credit to God and blesses God and then me and he gave me favor before the king that the king should look at me favorably and to all the powerful servants of the king because who am I I am nobody with no power and I um, uh, uh, therefore became strengthened because of the generosity that God had upon me and therefore I was able to gather from the Jewish people maybe not all of them most stayed in Babylon or many stayed but I was able to gather from the people Rashim, many of the leaders to come up with me to the land of Israel Thank you so much for studying chapter 7. We're going to continue what happens when Ezra, um, uh, about Ezra's trip to Israel and what happens when he arrives there. We'll continue that in chapter 8 and of course in the rest of the book of Ezra together.